Welcome and thank you for joining Save Our Sisters Unplugged. If you're ready to hear the survival to success stories of brave and intelligent women, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be letting our hair down and gaining insight into how women have overcome their life struggles. My name is Noreen Foy and I'll be your host. Now let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast, take two. (laughs) Today's beautiful guest is no stranger to the podcast. She has shared her story in season one, episode seven of this podcast. So if you want to go back and listen, you will be amazed. You will love it. You can relate all the things. She is a highly intelligent woman with a thirst for learning, but besides her faith, her number one priority is being a dedicated wife and mother. It is an honor to reintroduce Mrs. Ifoma Monago. Welcome, oh, girly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, you know what? Like I said before, I'm so happy that we were able to do this because uh, in this marriage series, there's a lot of things about marriage that people don't think about. Nice. So who better to talk about this than you? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Life is, marriage is a roller coaster. <laughs> it is. You know, some people get so lost in the um, the wedding mm-hmm. and they forget that the marriage is the most important part. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And for me, I didn't get a big wedding. So um, because um, I got married um, here in the United States and uh, I wasn't able to go back home at that time. So we had kind of like a small court wedding. And then our parents on our behalf did a traditional wedding. So it was some sort of a a different kind of wedding setting where uh, your mom stands in place for you. Oh, (laughs) yeah, that's different. Yes, yes. So my traditional marriage um, was my mom playing my part. Oh. Yes. Uh, that that's because I was physically um, present. Um, and then we had a small court wedding, like I um, explained. But mm-hmm. I didn't get a big wedding. Um, but, however, I did say that uh, my 10-year wedding anniversary, that I was going to make it big. And that year happened to be this year. Hey. <laughs> so how did you and Tony meet? Oh, what? I know, it's going back. No, 2010, came to the U.S. school, um, completed school 2012. Um, and then um, just the pressure. It, it wasn't like I got pressure from my parents. I would say I got pressure from them. But it was just, you know, how they call you and they're like, okay, you know, that's your um, friend. You know, mm-hmm. that one now, the one that you, you know, that one that you guys, and here you are, you know, we just seen from her wedding. You know, stories like that. Um, and unknown to them, it kind of brings like a pressure on you. Yeah. Or, you know, they're telling you about friends that you grew up with that are getting married. Um, oh, Yeah. The pressure kind of make you feel like you're you're um, you're not yeah, doing right. something or you're somehow what? letting them down in some well, I know. way. What's, what's wrong with me? Um, so um, like I said, it wasn't like they had like that pressure where parents are like, "Well, you're not getting married." No, it wasn't like that, but it was just kind of indirect. 
and passive aggressive. Yes. Yes, exactly <laughs> that. So my aunt lives in New York. Um, and, um, you know, I talk to her from time to time. And um, I always just pour out my frustration at her. I'm like, I'm like, I'm here in the U.S., I completed school and all of that. The worst part of it all is that I'm in this remote place in the U.S. that I don't even think I would see any man. Um, so I was just so frustrated because I was in this very small suburb in Michigan. It's called Allegan. If anybody knows Allegan, you understand what I mean. It's like nobody there. Um, and that's where I was posted. Um, I got a job to work at Perigo. Um, it was a pharmaceutical company. Mm -hmm. um, so I laid out my frustration to my aunt and I kept telling her on and on and on. I was like, well, am I supposed to meet a man here? And you know, I'm not like the partying type. I wasn't the partying type. So I wasn't the kind of person that would go out and socialize and things like that. So after laying all my frustration on her, um, she, um, her husband, my uncle, always had this conversation with this young man every kind of like every weekend every week they're always going on and on about how this guy wants to marry a girl and he has like all this list of tall light skinned all that oh, <laughs> it was just frigid. if you've met me I'm not tall uh, <laughs> so she had all this description and Okay, and they kept talking about, you know, oh, I met this person. She's not like the kind of person I want. So my aunt always kind of like um, eavesdrop on that conversation. So one day after I laid all my frustration on her, she kind of like just took the phone from her husband, my uncle. And I was like, um, I know you're always, you know, always talking to my husband and you have all this description. I have a niece. Um, she's not that tall, but I mean, you guys can talk and you never know. Mm -hmm. So that was, and, um, and then my husband was like, okay, can I have her number? And she gave, um, my husband, my number and it started out from there. He came to visit. So I met him in January, Martin Luther King. I would not forget that holiday. And then we got engaged in February. I got married in April. And I got my first child in November. It was like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, let's just get yeah, this out of the way. Boom, 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 boom. But that's, that, that's how, that's the story behind myself and my husband. Wow. So when you went into this um, courtship, I would say, because yes. it was destined that you guys would get married. Yes. <laughs> when you went into this courtship, did you say, hey, I know that you were expecting all this, but this is who I am. I hope this is enough for you. Did you have that conversation at all? Well, and, and the only way I knew about this, it was because my aunt was the one that told me, okay, this is what I heard. But that conversation never really came up in the sense that he came and saw more than what he actually was thinking. You know, like how you have all this in your head. And then I wasn't, I wasn't that, because I wasn't, I think the whole makeup now is just something with time I started doing. At that point in time, I wasn't a makeup person. I was like really very take me as I am kind of person. Mm -hmm. I remember vividly the day that he came to visit, I bought a couch. This 
huge couch, which is still sitting in our living room um, <laughs> currently right now because it is something that we always keep to always remember. <laughs> that couch, I just bought it. it. Back. Yes, it takes us back. So I bought that very huge kind of three-seater couch. Um, and the people, the furniture people just delivered it when he just came. And he just jumped in, helped in carrying the couch. I was carrying the couch. He was carrying the couch. So th the way it happened, it, it wasn't anything lovey-dovey. It was like, okay, you come in, you help. And then we all carry the couch all the way up. Because I was <laughs> uh, living on the fourth floor and we had to take that couch all the way up. So um, it was like, I was just very natural. Take me as I am which was what he said he liked because um, he said I was just myself. I wasn't, you know, like overly prepared. You know how we are as girls trying to mm -hmm. make everything perfect. It wasn't it. I was like, man, this is it. This is how I am. I'm not, <laughs> I, I've, I've never been a pretentious kind of person. I'm always like, this is it. Take me as I am. And I think that's what he said he really liked. So we didn't really have the conversation of being tall light-skinned although when he makes a jest of me he's like um you know I was actually looking for somebody really very tall but uh but you know you know well, he's not very he's, tall either. exactly he's not even <laughs> tall either he's not very tall either so but he just kind of like throws it in sometimes when he makes a a jest of me and he's like well you know this wasn't really I wasn't I was looking for this very tall but then you know I got this sumptuous delicious I'm like whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah way to clean that up <laughs> <laughs> so before you got into marriage like what did you know about it like did you have your own I'm sure you had your own views I did I, I did but it was more from a parent standpoint you know, they were always like the the only picture that um, I had as um, a way to go about marriage because it was just my parents, just mm -hmm. both of them. That, that was all I knew. Um, and I was wanting my husband to be everything I was doing. Like in my head, I was like, oh, my dad didn't do that. Oh, my dad did this. But my dad did that. It was just him because mm -hmm. my dad was my role model. Um because he really, really speaks so highly of me. Um, I remember growing up, um, my brother to a date would always be like, do you know that nobody actually remembers my name? All they remember is Ifoma's brother. <laughs> like, literally, that is his title. And my dad is like, every minute he goes everywhere, he's like, you know, my daughter did this. You know, my daughter did that. He just goes on and on and on about his daughter. So he's always been that role model to me. So when I went into marriage, um, when I saw my husband, which, which actually was really um, not a very good route to have gone through where I had him as the standard, forget mm -hmm. that my husband was a totally, when I mean by totally different, like different. They were both different in every aspect of it all. But really that's what makes it life. And I, I like the fact that, I saw life in a different perspective. Marriage taught me life in a different uh, perspective yeah. um, where I saw father, mother, everything perfect. You know, they just live their life perfectly, lovingly. And 
some aspects in their marriage I really didn't see because you know how mm-hmm. parents will hide some kind of stuff away from you. So I always had that lovely, lovely, you know, picture all the time. And that's what I went in to marriage with. Um, and then I was able to see the <laughs> the thorns. Right. So the dark side of the marriage. I'm like, ah, hiding behind the curtain yeah that's you know it's like they say um, mama never said there'd be days like this oh she did not say (laughs) yeah I could definitely relate to that I mean I went in I want to say I went in with stars in my eyes you know like right nobody talks of divorce you know that's right of course and this is what we were raised as like you get married you're gonna get married you're gonna well, marriage first, have your children. Well, school first. Let's go all the way back. That's right. School first, then marriage, then children. And then you're happily ever after. Ever because after. Now that, you, now right. that you and your husband are together, right. you're going to build this life. Right. You know, right. but they never tell you, you can't make your husband do things that he doesn't want to do. Uh, yeah. If he doesn't want to do it, it's not happening. Exactly. So you're going to have to find a way to... Be the husband whisperer. Yes. 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 Or do it yourself. That's right. That is right. You know, because you try to you try to go the route of what the Bible says. Yes. You try to keep in line with the doctrine and what it says that a Mm -hmm. wife should be. Mm -hmm. You know, and and of course you want to be that Proverbs wife, you know. But how hard is it to be that woman? Oh that chick is a bad chick. It is um Overly priced. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't even sound very realistic, if you tell me. <laughs> yeah, it's like you can't even subscribe to what other people are doing in their marriage. You have yes. to really, with your husband, yes. sit down and yes. hash out yes. exactly what do you want from me out of this marriage. Yes. What are, yeah. uh, here's what I want from you. Here are my expectations. Right, right. What do you expect from me? Right. And sometimes when you don't even... If you don't really sit down to have those um, conversations, uh, trust me, the experiences and the process you go through will bring out that conversation in both of you. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you guys have that discussion or not, life in this process, marriage in this process, will be able to define those things because you will find it out yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, life will life. Oh, it will <laughs> bring it out for you. <laughs> so when did you know that he was ready to just take your relationship to the next level? Like what things were he doing? Then you said, uh-huh, this guy is going to pop the question soon. I, I think I knew already from day one. It was weird, but from day one, and maybe the reason why I knew from day one that it was, um, was after he got my phone number and we, had those because we had you know conversations before he came to visit mm-hmm. um so whilst we had those conversations that lingered like we would be on the phone from like when I got off work from like 5 30 um and he got off work too at about five we would be on the phone till like 3 3 a.m 4 a.m and then I had to get up to go to work the next day like oh wow constant conversation not even wanting to put down the phone you know it was like a person that you have known for like forever and what are the odds that he he's actually from a hometown 
that is kind of like a next door neighbor to me back home. What are the odds that... Oh, so you guys aren't from the same village? No, not exactly from the same village, but it's kind of like the next door um, village, kind of, if you put it like Mm -hmm. that. Um, Even when, like I said, um, I had to have my parents and his parents um, stand in on behalf of us for that um, traditional marriage that they had to stand in for us. It, It was... From what they told me, it was like they got, when people came for that um, traditional marriage, it was more like, oh, you're here. Oh, you're here. Like they all knew themselves. It was, yeah. it was and then they were like, are, are you telling me that these people didn't know before and they just, did they know before? Mm-mm. <laughs> it was really ordained from God. He really was. You know, sometimes that's exactly how it works. That's- so yes. now you all introduced, you know, your uncle and your aunt is setting you up and you went for, you went on your first date. What did you guys do? Uh, first date. What did we do? First date was when he came. Um, well, not officially the first date because he came out of town from Decatur, Illinois to come visit me. And he came that night exhausted, tired, um, late at night. So the next day, I remember we went to... Um, a restaurant right around town in Allegan there. Um, and we just had like very, very, very nice, nice dinner we had. Um, and you could tell that he was, he he just wanted to know, you know how somebody wanted to know everything about you since the day you were born. Right oh, now, wow. right now. Like, I want to know, okay, um, do you talk in your sleep? Do you eat too much? Do you, you know those kind of details? Like yeah, everything was just going on and on, wanting to discover more and learn more. And you could tell it was really very different from every um, relationship and everything. It's very natural, very comfortable, no pretense. That's what I really liked about um, what we so had. It was like really honest and it raw conversation. So honest and raw. And what even made it more raw was, you know, we could talk about things also re- that we relate with back home. Mm-hmm. That's what yes. even made it more connected. Like he was saying things I was like, oh, so you know that person? It really helped our relationship. And then when we had like maybe a neutral person, like maybe an American or somebody else around us, we then go into our dialect. That even made it deeper. Yes. Yeah. We would talk more in our dialect and, and just have conversations with people that he knew, I knew, mutual contact. It, it was just so, and so raw because he'll be telling me about my uncle, which he knew, and all the things they said about my uncle. So it was like me talking to like a brother, cousin, mm-hmm. and then they're telling me stuff that, you know, it, it was it was really very raw and very comfortable and very honest. You, you know, know, there's something to be said when you can really just be yourself in your culture with someone. Yes. It's so important. Yes, you don't really have to explain yes. everything. Yes. They already know the standards. They already yes. come in with cultural right. expectations. So you That's don't right. really have to teach there. You can just yes. really build up from yes. there. Yes. And, and for me personally, it was one of the things that I really wanted. I mean... I'm not saying that um, we cannot marry from different cultures, but for me, it was something I really wanted because I I feel that um, there is this deconnection 
that I get when I am able to talk to somebody different from the English, mm-hmm. um, that very popular English. I have to be able to say some things that are deep with you. For example, if he wasn't from my culture and then I saw some other guy that is from my culture, I would be talking in a different dialect. That is me getting deeper and I'm not getting that deeper connection with my husband. That's how I saw life. And mm. I want to have that with whoever was going to be my husband. I know that God's ways are not our ways, but these are things that I always said, God, no, it's, you know, just to lay it in there is something I would really want. Exactly. On your list. I'm like, I, I right. do want these. These are right. what the things that I, I need. Right. Right. But I really want this one. Just exactly. please, if just I can just get one that. thing that I want, give me, give me that. that. Right. <laughs> so what do you feel is the secret to making marriage work for a lifetime? Uh, honesty. You just can't. Communication, honesty, honesty, honesty. I, I cannot tell you how much that has helped. Um, and this is not, if the other party is not honest, let it be on them. For Mm -hmm. you personally, it starts with you. Um, One of the things that I know that, you know, my husband had shared with me once in a while is, um, or he says to people, I remember one time he was talking to my aunt, or was it my aunt or my uncle? He was like, "Mm -mm, my wife wouldn't do that. She's not that kind of person. Like you can, he was like, my wife won't do that. She's a very honest person. She would not do that. And with time, I realized that that was what made him hang on mm. because what he was saying as from a man's perspective is if this is my wife who is going to be like the mother and the person taking care of the home and making things go if you're not honest enough to be able to you know be truthful about things how would i be able to trust you to be able to you know leave things with you especially exactly. the mother his perspective exactly. is the mother because the mother is the one that it's like that mother hen to even him and everybody else. Yeah. So if you're not honest enough, which is where he was coming from, if you're not honest enough and being truthful enough, how can I trust you to be able to, you know, lay things with you, lay children with you, lay mm-hmm. my home, the income, everything we're doing with you? How can I, how can you expect me to submit? Exactly. Exactly. So it, it really was, it was one of the things that I know that really helped. And the only way um, I could achieve that, which was not by my power at all, was only with God. Because when I walked with God, God was telling me for you to be able to get to this point in your life, you have to work on yourself. Working on yourself is you being truthful to yourself. <laughs> right. You telling yourself, it starts with you. If I'm going to save someone, I would have to be whole enough to be able to pull that person up. If I'm not strong enough, how can I pull the next person? Just that honesty, just that honesty, just, and some people think that sometimes when you're honest, it's vulnerable. Yeah, of course you will be. Isn't it what life is all about? That you would always be vulnerable to people or people will always take you for granted. But however, if you have done everything you're supposed to do from your part and you get to a point where you're like, I've done this and I just let it go and just let God take control. I'm sorry, I always bring God into everything. Hey, God it, needs to be in everything. It just has to be a higher being. 
Because yeah. there's no way I would have survived everything I went through in my marriage. There's no way I would have done it with my own power. It had to be a higher being, somebody bigger, somebody just out there to be able to say, this girl, I just got to save you. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, girl. <laughs> because, you know, a lot of people have really bad misconceptions about marriage. And when they get in it, they go in with the mindset that, well, if it doesn't work, I'm just going to get a divorce. Right. That's not how we were raised. Oh, mm -mm, mm -mm. you know, we were raised that, hey, you're going to be in it till mm -hmm. somebody dies. That's right. That's right. And again, that was not it for me, because like I said, I can't remember if I told you that I did put in for a divorce. I filed for a divorce. Mm. So I'm not the kind of person that'd be like, OK, I'm going through all this, then I should suffer through it. I should die through it. Yeah. No. No, that's not it. That's, that's not the picture we're trying to paint to you. The picture we're trying to paint to you is, the question I always ask people is, uh, from my own perspective, how I have seen life and marriages. Say, for example, the devil just used, you know, sometimes, I can't remember the verse in the Bible that says, you know, uh, the heart of the kings are in my hands. Mm -hmm. And I turn it to however I want it. So maybe if you're at that point where God has turned the heart of that person to accomplish what he wants in your life. So, and then he would actually turn it right back. So what if you're in that kind of situation where you're at that point where God has already turned that heart around. Yeah. And then you give up. You just, no, I'm done. And you didn't wait for that to go right back to where God would not turn it to, because that's exactly what happened in my own case. Cause it was like, because some of the things that we went through and he did, you know, lay his hands on me. I'm very mouthy too. Me, very mouthy. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, but, but some of the things he's like, sometimes I can't, I can't understand how I did it. Why did I do it? But some things happen sometimes and you have to let God make you see that that is the situation you're in. Yeah. There are situations you're in that you know that this is death. This person wants to kill you. You're going to die. Like you're sleeping and you think somebody will come and kill you and choke you. No, no, no. That's not it. That's not the situation I was in. I mean, I could sleep and know that he's not going to come and kill me. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it. And if you're in that kind of situation where you feel that your life is in danger, please run. Yeah. Run away. That's not what we're saying. What I'm saying is, which is different from what a lot of people have experienced. My experience was I was at a point where he had done things that I would have said I'm done, which I did. I filed for a divorce, but mm -hmm. I needed God to be able to guide me through it every step of the way. Like I said, it wasn't now any solution that I had all planned out in my head. I'm like, okay, when this happened, this is what will happen. I had run out of any solution. There were no answers. I got to a point where I had no clue mm -hmm. on what next to be done. Am I actually leaving the marriage or am I actually staying in this marriage? What am I doing? I just literally handed it all to God. It, it, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that, um, that, you know, because he did this and there's, that's when I now thought that, yes, maybe we can stick it through. There wasn't any, there wasn't really a laid out plan. There wasn't nothing. It just got to a point where I could see that 
he was at that point where God had turned him like this, literally. Yeah. And then when we went through every single thing and God turned him right back and not just him, me too. Because yeah. I was very young. I was at the point where I was ready to just knock it out with somebody, man. I got all <laughs> energy. Why? Why? I'm young. I don't need to take all this from you. You know, I was energetic. I was, another one will come, you go. You know, you just kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. That's how I was at that point in time. And um, but, the, but to be able to get to a point where life will hit you, where you're like, I cannot do this by myself. Yeah. As much as I feel I know it all, I'm smart and all that. I need joy. I need peace. Yeah. That was one thing that I needed. And I think that was a common ground between both of us. Mm-hmm. He wanted to succeed. I wanted to succeed. He wanted peace. He wanted peace. So that's we good had, because you we had both common, wanted the same thing. Yes, there was something he, he wanted. Even when we had those fights. Even when we had the cops coming to our homes. Oh, God. Those days, horrible. Mm. So how did you have your come to Jesus moment with him? You like, you guys sat down and said, okay, we both want the same thing. How can we move past this? How can we be different? Because now you have children coming or were the children already there? It was the loss of the third child that we had. I think that was when we had that reset. And it was also the process God wanted us to go through. Yeah. When we lost that third child. To him and myself, we're like, okay, um, this is real now. This is things just got real. Because when when I asked the question to my OBGYN, I was like, what caused my placenta to actually abrupt? Why, 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 why would you say there was a detachment? He said, actually, when you're going through trauma and stress, pregnant. You're going to stressors, you're going to depression, you're going to mental, anything dealing with you mentally, that can happen. That was the aha moment of both of us. Because I couldn't understand how, I mean, I've gone through pregnancies before. I'm strong. What is it? I can go through it all. But when they told me that could happen from trauma, from stress and conflicts, and, you know, I had to sit back and he had to sit back and think too. And again, remember, I said at the back of our mind, we wanted peace. We wanted to be successful. Mm-hmm. Even though we were going through everything we're going through, we still wanted peace and joy. That was the common ground between both of us. And God also, in his ways, sometimes when you are like, he's like, shh. So that's yeah. what he just did to us. He's like, quiet. Quiet. And he that was that loss. Quiet moment for us. So when the nurse said that, you know, the stress of the arguing and the things that you guys were going through was um, probably the cause of the loss. Yes. How did that affect him in a way to make him say, let me put my hands up like, okay, let's surrender. Let's restructure this marriage because now we have done this. Yes, because I don't feel that you can point one finger like oh, he did it or you did it. Was it was both of us. Because you guys both engaged. Absolutely, absolutely. So it was a mourning process. I call it the mourning period where, where you're going through that tunnel and you know God is telling you there's light at the end of the tunnel, but you had mm-hmm. to go through that tunnel. So we had to go through um, 
a process where we're getting a deeper connection with God and also learning to know ourselves better, um, trying to find those demons and to be able to deal with those demons. Um, so it was um, a process where there was a lot of communication. We had to talk more. Um, we also had a third, we had a lot of third parties. That's another thing again in marriages. When I say third parties, I mean parents. Mm -hmm. it was, um, there was a cutting away from all of them. So it got to a point where we cut out everything. Everything. Yeah. It you had to really isolate yourselves. It was just me, him, and God. God and the kids. Mm -hmm. We did it all by ourselves. We had to cut away. Because for my marriage, one of the things, the, the challenges I also went through that affected my marriage a lot was also the third parties. The in-laws played um, a huge part also with a lot of the pain that we went through. Because, you know, he loves his family so much. I love my family so much. And um, if you ever said anything wrong about family, it hurt so deep. And mm -hmm. himself back and forth, you know, it was like this clingy. We, we loved our families. I love my parents. He loved his mom. He loved his parents too so much. Um, so um, there were things that were said. And you know how you have heat of arguments. You're saying things about people, mm -hmm. especially maybe if they've lived with you or if they've come to visit us sometime. You've had that. Yeah living together moment you know when you live together oh yeah it's a lot of conflict a, a lot of things about no it's a lot of anxiety yes <laughs> yes yes so i really think that caught in a way it was just shutting out from everybody else and it was just me because um i don't think i shared that when i give birth to my first um right when i give back to my first the next month or two my mother-in-law came to live with me and when I left um, Nigeria to the U.S., it was just boom, boom, boom. I came in. So I didn't really get any, any tutoring or any, you know, how you have that conversation about marriage and giving you all the advice. Mm -hmm. I just in without knowing nothing. And he himself, too. Yeah. He didn't get all that. And then we had thought parties coming in. We didn't even get to be ourselves all by ourselves so, so they was trying to come in and tell you yes. guys how your marriage should Absolutely. go i mean he's and, a very strong person he's not the kind of person that would you tell things and he would act based on it but even though you don't act based on it sometimes some words that are said indirectly it still comes into your mind and please okay. part in some of the things that you do so yes wow yeah, that's one of the things that um, I can definitely attest to is you have to really keep third parties out yes. of your marriage Absolutely. because they can ruin it. Yes. Now, it, it's different if you and Tony said, hey, I don't feel like we can come to a consensus on our own. Yes. Let's go and seek a right. third party. That's right. different because right. then you're doing it on your own. Absolutely. You're both present for the conversation. Yes. Yeah. But when you have... Yes. Meddling family members yes. that come in yes. and whisper in their child's ear. Yes. And yes. then they're going to try to implement that without Absolutely. your discussion. Absolutely. That's where you have a lot of um, resentment. Yes. You have a lot of arguments. Yes. You know, Absolutely. all of those things, they yep. play in the breakdown of a marriage. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so when things get really tough and let's, and then I know that um, 
you guys have had some loss. You know, yes. you've had some life events that may have happened. Yes. As a wife, as a woman, when you see your husband is down, how do you speak life into him? Uh, one of the things that um, I think I've learned um, the process of marriage and life in general itself is, is just to be able to do things together, especially when it comes to praying. Mm -hmm. um, so we pray, pray a lot together. Um, but most of all, um, I love to dance and sing. <laughs> it, it, that's a deal breaker for me. I mean, he's one person that's like, oh, dance, sing. He's not really like the, but with time he has come to see how, how freeing it could be. Yeah. Um, I'm that one person that maybe because I really had that huge loss, I thirsted for joy so much that I had to understand um, the real meaning of giving thanks, even when you're in your challenges and how powerful it is when you know that you, you might have zero dollar in your account and then you're there saying, oh yeah, it's well, it's well. It's really powerful and freeing and mentally, um, um, especially being in um, the mental field, um, knowing that joy and what it brings to your body in general, um, your health in general. So singing is actually one thing and dancing is one thing that I do with him. And he eventually has come to love it. We just play music and just dance. So most nights when he's, he's down, he's like, can we just sing and just dance? I just play music, he dances. And it's something that we do together that really um, encourages him a lot. So I sing. That's good. Really That's really good. So you've introduced him to something that he now finds yeah. value in. Yes. Now, have they, you introduced the kids to that? Oh, they, you would trust that they would join in even without being invited. <laughs> <laughs> you should know kids. Being mama and dad, daddy jumping around and being all goofy. Of course, they'll jump in. <laughs> they love it. <laughs> that is too funny. <laughs> so I know that you guys both work. Yes. You know, so how do you balance your work, life and marriage? How do you balance it all? It's hard being in the United States to balance it. Um, it really is a hard one. Um, but being a nurse um, is just the ability to be able to say no. <laughs> that's a powerful word. I say no. Um, and that's one thing I, I find so hard to do before. But when it comes to balancing, especially being in, um, you know, the nursing field and they wanting your time most of the time, mm -hmm. um, I had to learn to just say no. Um, and saying no is saying my body needs to rest. My family needs me. I need to have time for my husband. Yeah. I have time for the kids. And when I say time, it's not them together. It's husband time, children time, my time. Exactly. Work time. Exactly. When you say no to them, you're saying yes, yes to yourself. You're saying Absolutely. yes to your mental health. Absolutely. Yes to your self-love. Yes. yes to your self-care. Yes. That's what you're saying yes to. And yes to be 100% available to help them. Yes. They're my patients. And if I'm not mentally 100%, how can I be there to be able to 
give you the best. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. So how do you keep things spicy? Oh, <laughs> I, know. Oh. <laughs> I love to play. I love to play a lot. Um, and he is so traditional. You know, this, if you've ever heard of an Igbo man, they're just so culturally like so stiff and they just act like, you know, we don't do such things, but trust me, they're a whole lot different in bed. Um, <laughs> but when they're out there, they're like, no, just gotta be, oh, you just, but I'm playful. I want to be very playful. So usually, um, it's usually either Friday or Saturday, depending on the day that it's open. Um, but it's usually Friday, Saturday. We do what we call, um, I, I call it, um, um, uh, what was the word? I, we, we call it, um, I was calling it the um, huddle puddle. Huddle <laughs> puddle. Huddle puddle. Huddle puddle. And I've used that huddle puddle um, at work. I actually created something that I call the huddle puddle and I brought it to home, to my home. Uh, and when I say the huddle puddle, I think of, um, you know, Peppa Pig. Oh, yes. <laughs> and when she just jumps on that muddy puddle and she just lets go of all. All her inhibitions. All and just mama pig, daddy pig, all of them in that puddle and they just jump in. So I call it like, um, so it's kind of like what you said where we play games and you we talk about things that maybe I haven't gotten to know for the week. So mm -hmm. I would look for ways to be able to bring out some information from him. Um, but it will be more game-like. Mm -hmm. So I got like a huddle bottle. So I go around <laughs> the internet. I go around the internet and I look for questions that um, can be able to bring out stuff from him. And oh, sometimes, yeah. yeah. And sometimes. I do that too. Yeah. You learn a lot from those questions. Yes. Because you wouldn't really think about think asking about it. them. Yes. Yeah. And then when you ask them, it's like a whole conversation comes just out comes of it. Out and you're of like it. your mind is blown. It just comes out of it. And you they, know, they're called like intimacy questions. Yes. Yes. And, and you know, the men, they can just bottle up some things sometimes. Um, especially, you know, myself, I can be very, but himself sometimes just kind of keeps it in and he might not say it. I mean, he, he's very honest. Like he would tell you when something is wrong. But it's not like he goes on and on, you know, saying things like that, as opposed to myself, blurring out everything. Um, so, so I am when you do it in the moment, I will tell you, because right. I don't want to, I want to fix things in the moment. I don't want to deal with exactly. it a month from now. Exactly. Then. <laughs> so the heart of puddle of games um, has helped. And also I look for um, questions that could be more on stripping, you know, take this out, take that off. You drink this. If you don't answer this, you take this off. You know, you don't yes, do that. Like, that is very And he, he likes it. And then I'll be like, because, oh, you know, they have titles and they call him like uh, meaning um, the, the, the king of the truth. Okay. So that's his title. So when he starts being all interested in it, interested in it I'll be like, 
Shopping. So it says you know, the man with the title likes to be like this. It's like whatever. <laughs> You know, I gotta like, so remind cool. him. <laughs> yeah, but it's so cool that you really do all those things to build your intimacy in your marriage. Because if you're trying to go to this forever spot, oh, you yeah. have to really keep it you interesting. Have you have to keep the person engaged. Yeah. But it can't be one-sided. They have to really try also. Because Thank I think you. sometimes as women, we take on that role of, well, let me see what we can do. Right, for, right. You know? We're introducing them to things. Yeah. You know, and I and and it's good if they're open. Right. Because I think right. the problem comes when they're really like stoic and like I don't want to you know, do that. We don't do these things. Yeah. You yeah. know, all <laughs> she she. And I'm like, mm, we're gonna do them today. I know. <laughs> and, and while you said that, I remember one time I was I was so tired that Saturday, and he knew that we hadn't done it that week. He just was like. Are we not going to do this? Like, <laughs> well, <I'm> okay. <laughs> Are we not going to do it? I thought you said we're supposed to be doing that every, like, oh, so you like it, huh? Well, I'm like, oh, you've been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, um, he's been very involved. Like you said, he's very, very involved. Very involved. I love it. I love it. Because that's, that just keeps, it keeps you young. It keeps yep. us interesting. It keeps yep. us icy. I call it de-stressor. It, it, it is very much so a de-stressor. You know, it's like when you're fighting yes. and, you're not, and you're not doing that. Yes. That makes the problem this big. That's and right. And it's this big. Yep. 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 You know, yep. because you're not connecting. Yes, that's true. That's true. And the United States and being so busy would even make you make it even more you shutting out even more, you know, with different schedules and being so busy, you tend to shut out the other person unknowingly. Yes. Miscommunication and just blocking out just happens. So you have to really, really search for ways to be able to spice it up. And also, you know, women uh, on my own part, like I only said, it starts with me, not Whatever he wants to do with himself, that's fine. But it starts with me. It's me, you know, either exercising, you know, trying to be more fit, more you know, flexible. Right. <laughs> right. They're balancing your tires and stuff so you can just keep things the way they need to be. Right. <laughs> keep things nice and limber. Oh, women, what we go through, jeez. I'm telling you. But that's good, though. I love it. And I love that you're so transparent. I didn't expect that. Okay. <laughs> I didn't expect that. I mean, the mental health field, I don't know if I told you that. So we're becoming more transparent now. Well, remember when we went to that um, women's retreat? I wouldn't say it's a retreat. Yes. It was that yes. conference. Yeah, some years ago. Yes, One yes, is it yeah. maybe back in eighteen or nineteen. Yes, yes, yes. and we went up north. <laughs> and so I wasn't married then, so of course I was put into the singles conference where they were teaching everyone not to have sex. And then when it was finished, you guys were finishing up your marriage thing, and then they were teaching you guys to have all this sex in all these what? different ways. And I'm like, what could totally contribute? I was in the wrong room. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm glad that, you know, there is 
a conversation happening. And yeah. we as women, we really need to really just have that happening, have that sisterhood and create that space and hold space for each other where we feel comfortable enough to say. losing up already. That's what I Yeah. Just to say, you know what? I want to spice things up. What are you doing? What do you suggest? Tell me. I want to know. Exactly. Yeah. But then I want the men to have that same conversation. See, but the thing is, I think those men do. I think they get, they get really, um, I think they get more intimate than women. I really think so. Because men sometimes can have some conversations that when you kind of listen in, you'd be shocked at the things they say. But women, I want a bit of fly on a wall. <laughs> I want to know what they're saying in the moment. Really, really. I, I really think they do. I mean, what I see from movies, I don't know. Yeah. They don't, he doesn't tell me. I mean, he doesn't have much. You see, that's the, that's the other challenge uh, we face when we are immigrants um, being in um, the United States. Mm -hmm. Because this is a, a country where we don't have all those family and friends that we grew up with. The social aspect of it all, even mm -hmm. though we do have it once in a while, it's not as um, as intense as it would have been. For example, if I was back in Nigeria or he was back in Nigeria, oh, childhood friends, people you grew up with. I could have countless of people I could go to their homes and mix up with and, you know, we could really have all those um, kind of outings. But here... Uh, we get so bottled up with either his work or just a few friends that we've gotten to know with time. Yeah. So limited in our social, you know, social um, connection, not social in the way of through work and all the things. I mean, social like people that you grew up with, which is always very different. You know, yeah. it's really very different. And I think we miss that as immigrants, really do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Yeah. Well, before we close, what advice would you give, you know, wives out there? Maybe even the, the ones just starting out and then the ones that are, you know, already been in the game. Like what advice can you give them to keep things respectful, healthy, keep the intimacy going? What can you tell them? It starts with you. It always starts with you. We're always so Fast to point that finger, but I always tell people when you point that finger, four fingers are pointing back at you. Mm -hmm. um, just, just start with you, because the amazing thing is when you start working on you, it reflects, like it just glows all around you. It affects everybody all around you. I'm not saying that you should be all smiley dovey and all that. No, <laughs> that's not what that is. It's just you being having those honest conversations with yourself yeah. saying, this is what I want in life. And for me to be able to achieve this, I need to work on this, 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 this. Um, I need to be more happy. Mm -hmm. I need to um, be more joyful. I want peace. I want this. I want this. And, and then you're like, okay, if I want peace, if I want joy, you can't just have those. You have to work towards it. There has to be things that you have to do to be able to get it. Yeah. If you are going to be a doctor, you can't just wake up one morning and say, I want to be a doctor. You just have to go through a process. And the yeah. process starts with you. Yeah, going absolutely. To school, going to do it. You, 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 you. Because um, one of the problems that a lot of people have gone through in marriage 
is because we are very educated women or we're very successful women, we tend to always feel that the problem is from someone else and it's not us because we know it all. We're so fantastic. In fact, we're just too cool. <laughs> and we are. I'm not we saying are. we're not cool. But um, we are not without flaws. Exactly. And it's just always a teamwork. I mean, if if we were to live in this life all by ourselves without people all around us or work, you have to deal with people. Yeah. When you deal with people, you're dealing with your spouse, you're dealing with children, you're dealing with all sorts of people. And for you to be able to be a better person, it always starts from you. Just be honest. Just page advice. Page advice. Say the truth. Be you. Be you. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I want to add one more thing, too. And this is something that I have learned that I, if I can drop that as a nugget also. Yeah. You know how the Bible say, be more quick to listen and slow to speak? That's right. So when you're, if your husband brings something to you, please do not be, do not let defense be yes. your first yes. response. Absolutely. Listen to what he's saying. Absolutely. Take it in. That's not the moment to say, well, you did this yes. and this is what yeah. you did. If you yeah. cared about it, you would have said it in the moment. That's right. That's right. So I think we, and on both sides of the fence, the husbands also have to do that. When yes. your wife is bringing something to you and say, hey, babes, you know, I don't like when you do this. That's a finger point. Because at the end of the day, your marriage will benefit from that. Because yes. when you do that, when you listen to what your spouse is saying and, yes. and get the, uh, you give them validation. Yes. You validate their feelings. That's They're right. Being That's they, right. You give them the message that I do care about yes. what you're yes. saying. Yes. And let me self-correct. What yes. can I do as yes. a person or as a spouse to correct that? Yes. Yes. You know, I yes. think a lot of people, their first thing to do is always to point the finger and like that you're, like you just hangs the whole that, conversation you're just looking for that uh, uh, but you did that oh but you did that oh but you yeah you know always looking for those um and it's a good thing you mentioned that because um one of the things i wanted to also um chip in is it took me a while to realize that those men i don't know what it is about respect but men they like respect is a thing for these men. My mm -hmm. golly, yeah, like they can. Um, it took me a while to realize, and I just realized that even if you're not all that, maybe all that pretty, all that beautiful, all that in intellectual, and you just respect, and respect means being 100% there to listen. And okay, I hear you, okay, yeah. They would do anything for <laughs> Yeah, because just like we need to be heard, they want right. to be heard too. And by them being heard, that's you giving them that respect. Yes, yes. It's amazing. Yeah, that one, that one act. Child, we can all be difficult, but, you know, that one act can just, it can change the trajectory of your relationship tremendously. Yes. <laughs> Well, girl, Missy Fama, I enjoyed this conversation with you. Same here. Same here. <laughs> I mean, we, hey, we're just experienced wives out here, just minding our business, just trying to help the new generation of wives coming through or those that are giving it a second or third chance because, you know, yes. we're not judging on this platform. Of course. 
first. No, no judgment at all. No, no because judgment. sometimes things just happen, you know, but I think what my whole purpose is, you know, we want women to just be a little more intentional in their vetting process. You know, yes. we want you to yes. have joy and have love and have that marriage that you desire. Yes. But we also want to empower you to set those boundaries yes. right in the beginning. Yes, 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 yes. And stick to it. That's right. You know, and don't be afraid to move on if the person is not right for you. That's right. That's right. I, and, and and it's hard, you know, when you balance things, it's really hard to balance because everything we're talking about right now, it's always just unbalancing. So there really is no set stone as to how it should be. It's just yeah. create that balance. And you are the one that can bring that balance. No exactly. one else can do that. Exactly. Because mm -hmm. you can only control yourself. You cannot control other people. That's true. <laughs> All right, girl. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for and we will talk me. soon. Yes. Love you. Love you. Peace and blessings. Bye. Thank you for supporting this episode. I hope you've been inspired and motivated so you can elevate your life. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you're kept in a loop when a new one drops. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcasting platform. I want to engage with you, so let me know what you think by giving the episode a rating, writing a review, or leaving a voice message, and I can share them in an upcoming episode. Now remember to also share this with your tribe. Until next time, remember, overcoming adversity not only teaches us a lot about ourselves, others, and life, but also gives us the opportunity to be reminded of our own power and strength. So don't be afraid to share your story. And when you're ready to do so, email saveoursisters2020 at gmail.com.